This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to a special edition of the Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our Liverpool correspondent both home and away, it's Paul Gorst. Hi Paul. Hello Ian. How are you? Very tired actually, it was an early rise wasn't it? We were yeah. on a 6.15 flight to Amsterdam but as you say, home and away so we're very much away on this one and we go again. Yeah, we are joined in Amsterdam by the former Liverpool correspondent both home and away he's now he took the money and he went to the Athletic it's James <laughs> Pierce. hiya Jay hello Ian how you doing always a pleasure to be in your company <laughs> you didn't seem too pleased with it at about half or what was it no five o'clock this morning when we were in uh, in the little coffee shop at Liverpool Airport all a bit tired very tired yeah have you got over it yet you haven't really have you not really no I'm rather hoping I was that hoping he's... to have a little siesta but it's not happened you had to do some work didn't you that's unusual was like the old days like the old days working for the Echo anyway we'll start with uh, we'll start with you Gorsty we're here obviously for Champions League game against Ajax we've already been up to the stadium once today um we listened to Ajax manager Albert Schroeder. I've, I've nearly forgotten his name then. Alfred. Alfred. See, I did forget his name. Alfred Schroeder and the goalkeeper with the ponytailer's name. I've definitely <coughs> forgotten. I'm glad one of us was paying attention. <laughs> uh, and they, it was weird, wasn't it? Because there wasn't that many people mm. there for the press conference for, compared to normal press conferences for a Champions League game. And there was a kind of, a, not a defeatist attitude, but a kind of, oh, well, we're going out anyway. Let's just give it a bit of a go. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the questions centred around um, you need to go for a win. Are you going to go for a win? But also, are you maybe going to go for the draw? Because that means that you're pretty much guaranteed Europa League. I mean, I think the writing's on the wall for Ajax, isn't it? In terms of, I mean, Napoli have absolutely hammered them home and away. I mean, Liverpool already beat them at Anfield at a time and they weren't particularly at the best. Um, so I think from a Liverpool perspective, they've obviously just got to be much better than they were on Saturday. But um, just go there and. and kind of play the normal game I think they put good enough to beat this Ajax team should they perform anywhere near the capabilities obviously that hasn't always been the case this season but yeah there was a very kind of defeatist attitude certainly from the kind of team that posed the questions and it was very subdued to the fact that it was a Champions League press conference there was us and maybe half of the others maybe Um, certainly nowhere near as busy as it's going to be in a couple of hours when we go for for Klopp's and, and Van Dijk's press conference but um, yeah I mean it's, it's still going to be a bit of an occasion that the Liverpool fans haven't been here for what since the 60s was it? Um, I think they played a friendly have you been here before James for a friendly? No no, no, no. they've definitely no, played one here football. they've definitely played I think you obviously met in the group stages only two years ago but in the Covid season so yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's going to be a lively couple of days um, in the centre of Amsterdam and then tomorrow night at the uh, Johan Cruyff Arena so yeah looking forward to it yeah should be should be a good one I hope uh, everybody listening is enjoying the music bit of music in the background uh, James is this, this? Uh, uh, laid back chilled hotel lobby music uh, given the fact that's where we're set at the moment um, anyway James you were at I just don't want to dwell too much on the weekend but obviously we were all at Forest on, uh, yeah. on Saturday um, you were there I mean did you agree with Ke- well what I can't tell you that the Ajax manager said that look on another day Liverpool could have won that 5 or 6-1 and he, he wasn't particularly biting on any kind of suggestion that Liverpool are more vulnerable now than they have been in the last couple of years so uh, I mean he obviously would say that but he was very uh, complimentary not so much towards Liverpool's performance uh, against Forest but over the fact that yeah they could easily have won I mean do you quite agree with that? No <laughs> no um, no I think it would have massively flattered Liverpool 
if if he'd won that game. I know I know what Klopp was saying when he said, you know, there probably is a scenario where another day Van Dyke nods away a couple of those free headers and you're talking about a scrappy two one win or even a scrappy draw. But no, I think there was so much wrong with that performance that it it made no sense to me to dwell on the set pieces that Liverpool didn't take advantage of because well two things really. One you know, it was alarming for me that you can have seventy five percent of the ball and create so little from open play as Liverpool did because it was painful to watch at times with just playing across and across and across and then inevitably out to one of the full-backs who then whips it in and the cross is headed, headed away and it was like, and just watching that on repeat over and over again. And I think the other thing was, I think you're probably doing Forrest a disservice by focusing on the, the set-play chances Liverpool missed because Forrest... I thought they gave as good as they got. I know I know some of their best chances came when Liverpool were throwing caution to the wind, but Liverpool was still open. And it was never... I was never convinced that Liverpool were going to come back from once they went behind because, you know, I thought they looked just as likely to concede again as they did equalise. So, and the fact that Alisson Becker was Liverpool's best player on the day spoke volumes. So, um, no, I think there's a bit of mind games there from the Ajax manager. I think... I, I think he would have quite enjoyed going back over that tape from the city ground and thinking, do you know what, if they come here and play like that, we can cause them problems. I think the issue for Ajax will be the, the personnel will be different um, because I'm sure we'll probably see Canate back in the side and, and Nunes, which which will strengthen the spine. No Thiago, though, goes no. Uh, he didn't train today and for, by all accounts he's still suffering from his ear infection, which... I know that uh, maybe some fans on social media think, well, that's not very, you know, not very important injury. It's not a very serious injury, but I can tell you now it hurts. So I'm not massively surprised that he's not back. Um, so we're left with the whole Henderson, Fabinho, central midfield. I know we did a podcast yesterday where we spoke a lot about Fabinho and, and, and the way things have been going for him. And we've spoken so many times about Liverpool's midfield. But once again, we're going into a, a big Champions League game where they need a draw, which you would suggest that you know, the, the, the midfield's going to have to come up with some kind of big performance. And you've got Fabinho's miles off it at the moment. And you've got Jordan Henderson, who Klopp said after the game on uh, Saturday, they have to be careful with, presumably because he must be carrying some kind of injury. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know this to, to be a fact or anything, but it feels like Henderson's been carrying an injury most of the season, mm. doesn't it? I mean, he's been in and out of the team, rested when he is, fit and... Um, I thought he played really well against West Ham actually, but but then he's obviously dropped to the bench on Saturday, and um, I don't know whether it's a case of Klopp really kind of hunkering down tomorrow night and going back to basics and just looking to keep it solid, and then hopefully with the return of Nunes up top, you've got enough quality in the front three of Firmino, Salah, and Nunes that you can get the job done and, and book yourself into the last 16 and then that game against Napoli next week is just a bit of an afterthought and a chance to rest some legs. The problem is, um, Klopp hasn't got... I mean, it's, it's been the case for most of the season, actually, hasn't he? He hasn't had an opportunity to give any real rest to players who need it because there are players who, who are injured and can't play. So, you know, if you've got 75 80% in your tank, you're getting thrown in at the minute and that's when the, the injuries do happen. Sadly, we've seen it with... Jota didn't he? he obviously didn't start against Rangers and then played 95 minutes against Manchester City until there was a car for bust on him and it's just 
kind of been Liverpool's luck on the injury front this season. So um, it's just going to have to be another patched up side. Um, I think we might see Trent, re- Trent return, maybe. Milner going into midfield and, and that's bringing... A, that's an interesting shout. Milner in midfield. Come back to that in a minute. Yeah, I mean, they've got to improve on a performance, haven't they, from, from Saturday. I, I agree with James. I don't think Klopp was, was correct in claiming that, you know, look at the set pieces that we missed because you shouldn't need to be relying on set pieces to be beating a team against uh, Nottingham Forest. They were bottom of the Premier League then, once since August. Um, Steve Cooper is a superb manager, but he's still trying to get to grips with his 22 new players. Um, and it was a massive opportunity missed, given the games that were played that same weekend. So, um, Champions League's been a bit of a refuge for Klopp, hasn't it? So hopefully it can be tomorrow night and get through to the last 16 and um, we'll say no more about it. J-Dog, as you're now going to be known by everybody. Um... Looking at the midfield, I know that you've been working on a piece talking about Liverpool's change in formation. Um, what's your take on it? Do you can you understand why they've done it? I mean, do you see it carrying on, or do you just see it as a way of maybe you know switching things up and being a little bit more unpredictable? Because me and Ghost have spoken in the past about when Liverpool have been naming their team recently. And I know there's been a lot of injuries and, and the options have been somewhat limited. Sometimes you think, well, what formation are they going to play here? And if we're thinking that, then obviously the, the opposing manager and opposing team are going to be thinking that. But do you think this this change to a, what do you call it, a 4-4-2, a 4-2... I think it's more 4 2 one to be fair. Well, Klopp calls it a 4-4-2, doesn't he? Yeah, but, but what does he know? He only picked <laughs> it. <laughs> um, well, I think, first of all, he had to do something because... I think it was you know, he took action, didn't he, off the back of that chaotic three-three draw with Brighton, where what was it? You know, I think when you throw into the mix, what, Napoli game was only a few weeks before that. I think it was eight goals conceded in three games. You know, worst start to a season since 2014-15. Ten points out of 21, I think it was in the Premier League at that point. Um, so I think it was just like you know, we've got to do something, and there's only you know hands are tied a bit in terms of personnel. Um, because of the injury situation, um, I think just to try and inject some kind of freshness and, and as you said, no, something you know, make them a little bit less predictable. Because I think that was the thing, even in games that Liverpool weren't weren't earlier on in the season, the number of times when teams were scything through them, especially on the counter attack, was just scary. So I think, um, you know, as Klopp said himself last week, the biggest thing the change of formation has given them is solidity. Um, it's made them more compact. It's made them, I think, more difficult to get at. I think they've defended a bit deeper. They haven't pressed as high. Played on the counter attack a bit more. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, obviously with the short termism that goes on now, I think people inevitably will go, oh, you know, it didn't work against Forest, so you should rip it up and start again. But I think the reality is the, your formation's only ever also going to be as good as the personnel you've got to fill it. And I think. The problem he's got at the minute is obviously his attacking options. I think when he started playing 4-4-2, but which sometimes you're right, sometimes it does actually look like 4-2-3-1. There's other times where it looks like 4-2-4 when they're really going for it. And obviously, I think the first time he played it, it was Jota, Diaz, Salah, and Nunes. I think. Rangers, um, yeah, Rangers yeah. yeah. And it was like when when you look at that, you think, oh yeah, that's that's properly tasty that. But then you, t- you take you take Diaz. What, what kind of taste would you, would you say it's equivalent to? Like buffalo wings. <laughs> <laughs> but then you take you take Jota and Diaz out of that. And what and does it taste like now? No, <laughs> like Tesco's own <laughs> bread. Like <laughs> it's um. There's nothing it's wrong just, with Tesco's own bread. It's Disclaimer just a, there. It's just a bit yeah. a bit bland and. 
and 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 obviously with those options reduced, then suddenly there's a lot more responsibility on you know the younger players to play out in those wide areas. Um, and then you know, when, and then when you throw into the mix, obviously the absence of Nunes at the weekend and Thiago, then. You know, I, I don't think the formation necessarily to blame for what went on at Forest. I don't think it's like a case of, well, four, you know, four three three got figured out by opponents now four four two as as well. I think, you know, I don't think we'll ever see. Well, I think it's unlikely we'll see again this season a midfield double act of Fabino and Curtis Jones. Yeah, that didn't that didn't work unfortunately. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Do you feel as though Curtis Jones been a little bit? I know so he got some criticism on social media. And to be fair, sometimes he just gets criticised on social media for being Curtis Jones. If we're being quite honest about it, but I actually thought he played reasonably well, given the fact he'd been thrown in at the last minute. It's his first start in what since May in a position where he hasn't played in for years. Certainly not started a game, and it was asking quite a lot of him, especially when he's got someone next to him, Fabinho, who's been so off form, and then. He was part of that kind of midfield where you had, I know Theo Squires has written a piece about Liverpool's, you know, the changing age of the team and that he was, he's 21, Harvey Elliott's 19, who I thought was very, actually pretty decent against Forrest. And Cavallio is, is 20 years old and okay, yeah, you can say it's Forrest, but, you know, Liverpool hadn't won a league game. I know they've not played much, but they haven't won a league game there for, what, 38 years or something stupid like that. So it's not, it's hardly the easiest place for them to go to. And... Do you feel as though perhaps, I don't know, that, that people have been a little bit too harsh on the team because of these youngsters that are in it? Or do you feel, or is it more of a case of, well, this is the time where they can sink or swim? A bit harsh on Cavallo, actually, because he's only just got there. But yeah. you, look at, you look at Curtis Jones and you look at Harvey Elliott in particular, because if, you, if you're doing that for that game, Elliott came out of it looking yeah, quite I, good, honestly, actually. Honestly, I just think Klopp thought, you know, the options are a bit stressed there, but this team is going to be good enough to beat Forrest. And... We can get by, you know, I'm just going to have our teeth and move on. And, and, it, and it wasn't on the day, was it? Um, it's a bit unfair on, on Jones to be playing in that midfield, you know, new look midfield, wasn't it? You know, Fabinho and, and Jones as a kind of midfield think, team. Do you think some people are too quick to point the finger at the players coming in rather than the players who've been there for quite a while? Possibly, yeah. I mean, as you say, Jones hasn't, hasn't played, hasn't started the game since May. It was the two, two on winning in Southampton, wasn't it? And, He's had a terrible time with injuries. He had that freak eye injury that kept him on for two and a half months or whatever it was. And then this um, stress reaction, he actually told me and Neil Jones a, couple, a bit about the injury <clears throat> at full time, actually. And they were worried, worried for the bone. And it was one minute that he had to nurse, really kind of. I mean, he picked it up in the closing stages against City in the yeah. Community Shield. And then he was back on the bench for Newcastle. And then it went again and he didn't travel to Napoli. So it's one that he's had to keep a close eye on and, and nurse back to full health but you can't be expecting them to come in you know after five months out competitively and then you know turn in a, a, a fulsome performance of you know what you'd expect Curtis Jones to do at his best particularly in the midfield too where he's never played before and he was thrown in at the last minute wasn't he given Thiago so he infection so um, you can't really criticise him too much Um more of a problem with the one next to him Fabinho who's kind of malaise goes on and mm. I don't think anyone can get to the bottom of what exactly his problem is but um... probably a combination of things isn't it we spoke about this on the mm. on the Blood Red podcast on, on Monday about it just just quick question on the on the, the formation uh, to you Gorsty do you feel as though 
one of the bigger things that a manager can do, certainly for someone like Klopp, who's yeah. played this physique. I know he played 4 2 3 going for a little bit in 2018 19 when Shakiri wanted to get Shakiri yeah. was in form when he got him into the team. And there have been times where he's changed to it in, during the game. It's been 4 3 3 all the way. It was 4 3 3 all last season. But to do a big change in formation that's quite clearly a change, but then to do it with loads of players missing, and then every single game it seems to be a whole different set of players that's coming in. It's the worst, worst of both worlds, isn't it, really, in terms of getting any kind of the consistency that they need to get up that Premier League table? Yeah, maybe it's smacks of a manager who doesn't quite know <clears throat> what his best team is at the moment with the injuries in front of them. Um, but then you look at it, what was it, last two weeks ago, was it? Man City own play, putting that performance against Man City and then a really kind of hard for one nil win against West Ham in, in the week. Um, so Saturday was just, a, you know, even for this, this season, it's been... Awful from starting to the seemingly that that was an off day, wasn't it? What I would like to point out and say this to you, James, is that yeah, Klopp said after the game he talked about the intensity in three games in six days was difficult. And but not a single one of the twenty Premier League teams won the three games that they played over the course of that week. Not a single one. City City and Arsenal obviously didn't play because Arsenal played that Europa League yeah, game. Yeah. But City lost to Liverpool and Arsenal do it to them since they wouldn't have got three wins anyway. So it just goes to show that it's not just Liverpool that's being affected by things at the moment certainly that kind of um, the programme that they had over those three games because the Premier League is a different beast isn't it I think yeah. sometimes people forget that it I is, think it's just it it's, is more it's more yeah. intense than the League Cup which they haven't played yet the FA Cup which isn't happening until January and the Champions League which we've seen with the possible exception of the Napoli game away the rest of the games they've been quite not, not comfortable and certainly it's not been quite the same level of intensity as you'd get in, in the Premier League yeah yeah. I mean I think it was only, there was only four Liverpool outfield players one there who started all three I think it was the two centre-halves and, and then Salah and Firmino up top um, but yeah I think it was probably a bit of you know, unfortunate timing as well that that schedule happened at a time when he was without so many players that, 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 that you know I do think you put Thiago and Nunes in that team and, and the outcome could well have been different. I just think Thiago is so important to that Liverpool midfield that they just the lack of class and quality at times when he's not there is is so glaring and you know, and there's two ways of looking upon that. You know, one it's like, you know, very unfortunate when you lose a player at five o'clock in the morning on match day to an ear infection. But, you know, the the other side of it is his his record shows that he does miss an awful lot of football and he has done in his first couple of years at the club. Um, and then, obviously, then you're back in the realms of, you know, should they have done more in the summer in terms of bolstering that area of the squad? Because, you know, they, they certainly left themselves an elite midfielder short in my book. And then it's on days like that when, you know, you, you really miss someone like that. So, um yeah, you you can't discount the the three games in six days, and I, and I think also just like it, it's probably that result looks worse as well because Liverpool are playing catch up, aren't they? That's the thing. It's it's different when if you know if we're talking about a team that's so like, the results the results the other yeah. results could have gone worse. Chelsea and United drew Tottenham lost. Yeah, but then but then you look upon that and you think it was actually a chance to to make up the ground against the worst but then, team in the league. But would you have expected? I'm not defending it. I mean, but would you have expected them to beat City? Probably not. So it's kind of just cancelled it out. It's more frustration than anything else, that, isn't it? That's why it's so annoying because you know they put in <clears throat> such a <clears throat> mammoth performance on that Sunday afternoon and then go and carry it on against West Ham. You think, okay, well, finally maybe the corner's been turned and you can start to 
resume normal service and then they go and throw in <clears throat> such an abject performance like that. Um, and also, you know, to, to kind of extend James's point there, where he says, could they have done more than the summer? You know, even the kind of emergency stopgap attempt <laughs> has blown up in the face, hasn't it? Because, mm. you know, Arthur Mello's played 13 minutes in a Champions League game and then he's out until February. So, um, you know, it's, it's harsh on him, but, you know, have Liverpool had that deservedly kind of blow up in the face? Uh, and then of course Naby Keita and Alex Oxlade-Chamber were tra- training with the first team today and they can't even play in the Champions League because they yeah. weren't in the squad um, we'll, just, we'll just move quickly on to our extent I mean we were speaking to a few Dutch journalists a little earlier and they said, going back to what we were saying earlier they just seem a little bit not even considering that there's a possibility that Ajax could get the way out of the group and probably not even getting the results against Liverpool they're just looking at hoping to do enough to basically beat Rangers to third place and be in the Europa League yeah, I mean, Liverpool have still, I mean, quite rightly, but Liverpool have still, you know, people have still got last season's March to the Champions League and fresh in their minds, haven't they, when they think of European football, they're a team who've been in three finals since 2018. Um, still a team who got 92 Premier League points last season and won the domestic cup double, so <clears throat> I can see why, um, you know, the view on the continent is not exactly... You know, Liverpool are really struggling. They're having a terrible time. But let's go and get at them. It's still very much a kind of show respect to them. And, and you know that when Liverpool are at it, that they are still one of the best teams in Europe. But um, it's happened in many days where you've been able to say that this season, after probably no. one. Yeah, probably. James, you're falling asleep then. No, it's, it's Just resting my eyes. Resting. <laughs> that's the kind of thing my dad would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ajax. Um, I mean, we saw them play. At, uh, at Anfield, and I actually thought they, they, they should have got beat by more than two one. Liverpool made a massive, you know, big meal of that. Getting, yeah, getting I, the job I, I, done. Getting I the job I done. Were right, actually, yeah, but yeah, they were probably better than I thought. But Liverpool still had loads of chances and could have won. Yeah, but, but then more convincingly. D- Daily Blind um, had that chance, didn't he? One all that if he, well, that, he puts that, that away. But then that's always what happens if you don't take your chances. You're always open to something like that happening. Um, but since then they've been tonked home and away by uh, by Napoli, I should say. Certainly at home, and I know they had the red card and all the things happened to them. I mean, what are you expecting from them? Are you expecting them to put up a big fight? There's going to be, it's sold out. There's meant to be 50,000, 55,000 there at the uh, the Johan Cruyff Arena. Going to be there tomorrow. It'll be a great atmosphere by all accounts, but. Is that going to be enough for them? Well, I think it just depends what Liverpool turn up. I think that's the thing because, as we said before, you know, I think it'll be a different-looking Liverpool in terms of, you know, the, probably the full-back areas: Canate, Henderson, probably into the midfield, Nunes in the front line. You'd like to think that would trigger a big improvement. But if there's any, you know, if they replicate anything like what we saw at the city ground on on the weekend then they'll then I'm sure Ajax will be absolutely licking their lips and as Gorsi said you know despite Liverpool's issues this season it is still a massive deal for Ajax to have Liverpool in town you know it's been a long time that the fans especially have been in for for a meeting between the two clubs like this so um so yeah I think I think it's probably a dose of realism isn't it when you listen to what the manager and the, the players have been saying at Ajax because you know, the, the situation is even if Liverpool do lose this one, they just need a point against you know, Napoli on the last match day. They lose three two and they're through because they're head yeah, to head. Yeah, yeah, uh, normally you'd say that wouldn't happen, but if you look at Liverpool's games, they've had quite yeah, a few. You you've yeah. had a few this season that have not been. You, far wouldn't, off you wouldn't rule it out, and and, and obviously we know, you know as good as good as Napoli have been this season, it is different when you've got absolutely nothing riding on it, yeah. and, and, and and one team has so. 
yeah, Liverpool massively in the box seat, and it all. I think it'll just be relief more than anything else, wouldn't it? If they can get it done, get it done tomorrow night, because you don't you don't want to be going into that last match day needing anything, even against a team that's already through. And especially with the way the schedule is and the way the injuries are, it just gives Klopp that option of of resting resting a few players and. Yeah, especially when you know, you've got the, the game against Derby as well coming up. You know, it, it means he can probably prioritise the ones that really matter, which is improving the, 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 the league position. Just have a quick scan then through the team. We won't go pick it position by position, but you're expecting Trent to come back at right-back yeah. and Canati to come back at centre-back. And yeah, we're going with Nunes up front. So the only real two positions are who is going to take that second central midfield role and who's going on the left. I mean, Gorsty, I mean, I'm assuming Jordan Henderson's going to start. Now, do you stick with Fabinho? You mentioned James Milner there. Obviously, with the five subs like it is in every competition now, they can just make subs yeah. you know, and, and change things around. Milner, I think, has done quite well in the last couple of times he's played. But has he done enough to start at central midfield in a, in a Champions League game? Yeah, well, it's it's crazy, isn't it? You think of James Milner potentially starting... A, we're talking about him starting a Champions League game, and he, what is he, 36 in central midfield? But that's kind of where Fabinho's at at the moment. Um so it's a tough one. I mean, part of me thinks he just stick with Firmino and let him play himself into form, but he's been kind of out of sync for that long now. You, you, you really do wonder what the issue is and what will kind of bring him back to form. Um, it's, it's really hard with him, isn't it? Because yeah. he, has, he has tried taking him out. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's obviously left him out of two massive away games, didn't he, at United and Arsenal. But, you know, each time you think, well, maybe, maybe that will be the one that, you know, triggers him into life but it just hasn't happened so far are we still are we saying that he's going to stick with him or do you reckon Milner will come in I'll stick with him I'd stick with him yeah. and then okay uh, left midfield there's really only two to choose from you can either have Cavalio there or Jones. Or, or Jones I mean I'd go with Jones to be honest I think he deserves it after what happened on uh, Saturday he deserves to at least have a go yeah. in his actual position yeah I wouldn't disagree with that I'd, um yeah I, I, and, and I also think there's been times when Cavalio has done better as an impact sub off the bench than, than starting anyway and you, you do need you do need something in reserve don't you in terms of the attacking side mm. of things because that was one of the problems at Forest last weekend you yeah. looked at the bench and the cupboard was absolutely bare and of course you know you can't even bring on Oxlade-Chamberlain in this game Actually, he should have brought Alisson, put Alisson up front, which he did in the end, and put Keller in goal. That's what I was, I was suggesting this. It should have happened. I, f- I feel sorry for, for Carvalho, because yeah. when, he, when he signed for Liverpool, it was basically going to be, you know, again, you know, a few cameos here and there in yeah. the Premier League and just build up your confidence, build up your experience. Well, they saw him as... He's a, thrown in the deep end at the moment, yeah. and what can he do? He's only 20. This, well, then, uh, we, by the way, if we're doing this, we've all both basically said that Harvey Elliott's not playing. Do you think yeah. that's a bit harsh? It is a bit, but... Again, but he's played quite a lot of football recently, hasn't he? Yeah. I don't think that's that's not any slight on him. It's just, you know, I'd I'd, I'd maybe hold him back for for Leeds on on the weekend. There's a massive physicality deficit when when Harvey plays, I think. Mm. So then a scoreline, Gorsty. What are we thinking? I don't know. You're asking. Um, I've already said two one to Liverpool, so that's quite positive for me. I'm going two all. Two all. Mm. Still gets the job done. I got one nil Liverpool. Nil? Oh, no, you no. can't see how it's scoring? No. I think they will. Just one final word. Uh, Ghosty Britt a piece on the pitch. What's happening there? There's the, um, the Amsterdam Dance, Dance Festival. The, the Alan Crawford here on Saturday <laughs> night. 
Um, Tiesto and um, Afrojack. And I think Theo went, clubs. didn't he? Yeah, Theo. <laughs> yeah. Theo was Fame, there with his glow sticks. EDM, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, the goalkeeper asked about it. So the pitch must be in a little bit of a state for it to be one of the questions asked in the press conference, and he kind of battered it off. But I imagine if it is, you know, thousands of people have been, you know, stomping their feet to Tiesto at the weekend, then it might be something for Klopp to have a little bit of a grumble about before the game. But we'll see. James, who's Tiesto? Never. <laughs> <laughs> the forest sign in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> they might have the bid turned down. And on that bombshell, uh, we will leave you. Um, hope you all enjoy the game and enjoy this podcast. Um, no idea when the next one's going to be. So, cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.